Digital signage is a multifaceted method of communicating a really large amount of information and a large variety of information to an incredibly varied and even widespread audience. All of that becomes doubly true whenever you're dealing with an interactive screen. Interactivity is the way that most of us in our normal lives access information that we want or need. So it just makes sense to throw that into your organizational communications as well. So we're going to talk today about how to design good interactive screen layouts. I'm here with Melissa Sarton, creative content artist for Physix. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. How are you? Doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you, Melissa, for talking to me today. And thank you, everybody out there for listening to this episode of Digital Signage Done Right. This is Digital Signage Done Right. Whether you're new to digital signage or a seasoned pro, this podcast gives you practical advice about systems, communications, and content to better engage your audience. I'm Derek DeWitt, Communications Specialist for Physics. Welcome to Digital Signage Done Right. Okay, so as I'm fond of saying, in our normal lives, we've all, almost all of us have smartphones and we're dealing with computers and laptops and tablets and all this. So we're constantly interacting with uh, the online and digital world and we're getting information that we need and want and so on. Why should an organization use interactivity? Why is this a good idea instead of just throwing messages up there on screens? Well, it's good for a number of reasons. One being that you can include quite a bit more information and visuals into one layout, but also it encourages people to engage with your content. And when someone is engaging with it, they're more likely to take away something or to remember more than they would if it were just a static display up on a wall somewhere. So yeah, it's almost like you're turning one display by turning it into an interactive screen. You're, you're turning it into almost like multiple displays, but in one physical location. So you're really, uh, as, as we frequently said, is sort of increasing your screen real estate in many ways. Exactly. And it's kind of in some ways like choosing a page out of a book. You can link to different pages. You can have a whole bunch of pages in a book, but you may only want to look at one page at a time. So it's a little bit like that, only you don't always have to go in order page one, page two, page three, and so on and so forth. Right. And and as I, as I kind of said before, this is kind of how we're all accustomed to doing things anyway. Uh, I'm looking at, uh, I don't know, a particular news item comes up. I have my sources that I use. My wife has her sources she uses. Maybe she's on the couch, I'm on the chair, and we're using our smartphones to interact in our own way, that the way that we like, but we end up at the same destination, basically. We end up with the same information. Yeah, it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure. <laughs> So let's talk, uh, let's be brand specific. It's the physics uh, podcast after all. So eh, we're going to talk about physics products. Uh, Access TV signage suite has a lot of uh, interactivity potential uh, sort of uh, embedded in it. Let's talk about what it lets you do. Well, there's quite a bit you can do within Access TV Signage Suite to create interactivity in well, a number of ways. Right off the bat, if you have a touch screen where you're going to be displaying your interactive layout, you can set up interactive artwork where someone can choose the home button or the close button or the directory button to open up the directory page. 
You can set these up as individual widgets, test them out on your computer as you're designing, and then set your layout to a final touchscreen display and be able to just go and touch it, as you've said, we're very used to doing. You can also use our voice recognizer widget, which if you hook up a microphone to your screen, will allow your users to come up and say, show me the directory. And it will pull up the directory page, much the same as if they had touched the screen. And this is a great way to do hands-free and keep your screens nice and clean, which we're all very concerned about these days. Yeah. No must, no fuss. No must, no fuss. Very often, I think what you're really doing, though, is you're creating a kind of a dedicated network. Not, I think a lot of people think, oh, this is just, uh, I'm just going to link out to the internet using this touchscreen. But I don't know that that's always the case, right? I think most organizations, you can link to the, all the things that we have on our servers and stuff, but it's, it's not a web browser. No, it's not a web browser. You can use our web browser widget to show certain web pages that maybe you've set up to be dedicated to be shown. Uh, could be a calendar of events, or it could be just even just a video feed. But it's really not intended for someone to walk up and say, oh, I'm going to check my Facebook while I'm here, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. That's the problem. Because in the meantime, you know, there's a queue forming and people are, some people are going, I really have to find out, you know, where this uh, room is. And uh, that person's checking their email and, and watching cat videos. Exactly. So we've always got the phone, our phones in our pocket. So use your phone for that, not the digital signage. Okay, so that's a little bit of the why and a little bit of the what. And now we want to talk about a little bit of the how. You're a designer. And so what are some tips for designing good interactive screen layouts? Like you said, you could use, uh, obviously, you could have words like hyperlinks you could tap. You could use voice to say certain keywords that have been pre-programmed in. Or you can create artwork like a button or whatever that you can touch or what have you. And it'll uh, take you to where you want to go. But uh, not all designs are equal. There are some good things you should do and some bad things that you shouldn't do. Right. And I'll just say starting off, you should always start the same way as you would with any layout with good design principles, which we have plenty of resources on guiding you with those good design principles. Yeah, like uh, having good contrast, making sure your fonts are readable and the right size, not too big, not too small. Don't cram a bunch of text on there, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. You want to have a nice, clean, good layout to start with, and then you can build from there. I will say not every slide in your layout has to have the same exact design or the same exact background. You can have a little variety between your slides, or if you prefer to think of them as pages, that's sort of the same thing. But you do want to have a cohesive theme throughout the whole thing. You want to keep the same kind of color scheme, the same type of imagery. And if you're using interactive artwork and you design buttons, say, you want to use the same buttons in the same places on every slide. And there's a reason for that other than it just looks good. It sets up the expectation that, oh, the buttons are in the bottom right corner. I'm going to always look in the bottom right corner if I want to navigate to a different slide or if I want to close out and go back to the home slide. Sure, that makes sense. That would, that would not be a good user experience to when I go to a different uh, page or slide. Now I have to play Hunt for the Button. 
Right. It's going to really confuse your audience. And that would be like if you opened an app on your phone and then suddenly the home button to return to your main screen just moved or disappeared. And you're suddenly looking for how do I just get back to the home screen on my phone? Uh, You know, though, uh, there are some websites out there that that is the case and they drive me crazy. True, true. And that's examples of what not to do. Yeah, we talk a lot about user experience and you want it to be seamless. You you don't want the person who's interacting with your content to be thinking about the interface and all that. You want them to just get the information that they need quickly and efficiently. Right. You almost don't even want them to be aware of the interactivity in a way. You want them to be aware of it enough to engage with it, but not enough for it to come to the forefront of the mind of, oh, I need to click this back button to go back. It should be natural as most interactive things are in the world these days. Yeah, well, that is, that's exactly true. I remember at uh, Infocom several years ago, it was kind of when interactive screens and touch screens were really starting to become much more commonplace. Tablets were uh, really in the consumer market. And I watched people on that show floor at every booth, not just the physics booth, immediately walk up and touch the screens. And most of them were not interactive, but you could see because there were a few interactive screens there, people just kind of assumed, oh, maybe they're all interactive. And people would touch and touch and then go, oh, I see it's it's not interactive. Well, in that way, there's only one way to find out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully, if your screen has interactivity, it'll be pretty obvious. If it does not have artwork and you have, say, a microphone and using the voice recognizer widget, it may be good to have a little blurb or a little message on your screen that says, hey, talk to me or hey, speak to navigate. I've even heard of the idea of some people, if they have just a limited number of keywords, sort of the menu for driving the thing using uh, voice interactivity, they'll just put up like a menu. Here you go. Here are the words that you can use. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that really simplifies for a lot of people. And in general, make sure that people are saying the right thing to engage the voice recognizer. So that's fantastic. And of course, you also have to keep in mind ADA regulations, certainly in the United States, uh, but other countries also have uh, their own version of that. Uh, You have to make sure that everything's kind of laid out in such a way that it meets those requirements. And again, yes, partly because it's the law, but also because you want everyone to be able to interact with your stuff. Exactly. And one way to do that is to include, if you're using interactive artwork, put it somewhere towards the bottom of your layout. And this works for a number of reasons. Number one, say someone who uses a wheelchair will be able to reach them easier than if you put the interactive artwork way at the top. Sure. And that's actually a good reminder because we have a tendency when we're, we're still thinking of things in terms of a page, I think, like a physical page, newspaper, essay, what have you. So for us, we prioritize the top of the page over the bottom. And in our culture, we read left to right. So the left side uh, tends to have more uh, import again. And so it, it's a good reminder to tell people, yeah, yeah. Use the bottom of the screen for this stuff because it's a totally different way of interacting with things. You're not just replicating a a printed page here. It's a very different kind of experience. Yes, and you'll still have enough visual base on the layout for all of your interactive artwork, your interactivity, without it taking up kind of the prime real estate, which tends to be towards the top and the main area of a layout. 
I mean, I like the idea, obviously, because, again, we're used to this with uh, HTML5 websites these days, to have, like, a button, as you say, interactive artwork that says, hey, uh, home, uh, advanced page, go back a page, things like that. It's nice to have those things to navigate. Yeah, and they can be a really subtle but beautiful part of your layout design, especially if you have an in-house designer who can whip up something in Photoshop or Illustrator. Um, that has your brand colors and really fits your whole theme, you can have a nice, really inclusive, cohesive design with the interactivity being obvious, but not glaring, if that makes sense. Right. You don't want to be intrusive. It should be sort of intuitive. Exactly. And one thing to point out about if you use buttons or interactive artwork, you want to keep them exactly the same spot on every slide. Number one, we've already talked about, it sets up the expectation of knowing where everything is. But number two, if you have, say, a back button on 25 slides, and if it's five pixels off on one of them, it's going to be very obvious when you get to that slide, it's just going to jump a little bit. And that kind of almost makes it look like like your interactive screen is glitching out a little bit. It's not, it's just kind of a bit jarring uh, to the eye. So really pay attention to where you've put those buttons in relation to each other, in relation to the whole screen. What about this idea of using sort of different uh, designs to let people know like, uh, oh, you've touched this, or like sometimes I'll see you, you touch the on-screen button on, this, on the interactive screen and it'll glow or it'll change color or something to let you know, oh, I, I just touched that. Yes, that's a great way to really add an even extra layer of interactivity just within the brain for your user to know, oh, I've engaged with this. And that can be done very easily in Active TV Signage Suite. You just have to have the same artwork, same image file, but with different versions, I guess you could say. You may have your main one, let's say it's yellow, and then when it's been touched, it turns green for a moment. And then when you're on the slide that it is referencing, it may be kind of ghosted out so that it looks like, oh, I can't touch this because I'm already on this page. It's really as simple as a matter of having different versions of the same artwork that then are linked to the state of the button. It's very much been used on websites and other interactive applications. I mean, it seems to me that what you really should do, because we say this even with static digital signage, you know, we say design your stuff and then walk across the room and take a glance at it from, you know, 15 feet away and see if the design's good and if not, tweak it before you go throwing it into a playlist and putting it out there live. It would seem to me that that kind of hands-on testing would be even more important when dealing with interactive content. Go there, you play with it, get someone else to play with it, and then make adjustments as need be for a better experience. Exactly. And then test it again, and then go get a cup of coffee and come look at it again and see if it's looking the way you want it to. And aside from that, you're exactly right. There is another layer of testing you kind of need to do as you get more and more slides in your interactive layout, because you need to make sure not only does it look good, but are your buttons working the way they're supposed to? Are they linking to the correct pages? And are they reflecting the right states of the button as in has it been touched or not? And I also have to say, I also think part of that process, and I obviously should be part of the initial design planning as well, but streamline the steps. 
I hate it when I'm, because I'm in, usually I'm in a hurry. If I'm using some kind of interactive screen in a public environment, I'm in a little bit of a hurry. I'm not just killing time playing with this screen. When I can see, oh wow, then I have to hit this button and then I have to hit this button and then I have to hit this button. Why do I have to hit it three times? Why can't I just hit one? Streamlining that process, I think, is also a, a good idea. Yes, you want to keep it as simple and fluid as you can. There are certain situations where it might make sense to have a really big splash page, something that's really impressive with a button that says touch for menu. And that puts you maybe two steps to get to the correct page. But if you can fit, if you've got a minimal number of slides that you're trying to link to and you can fit them all onto your main layout, that's definitely worth considering as well for the reason you were saying with time. What about using icons? I know sometimes uh, some organizations, they'll come up with their own cute little icons for bathrooms and wheelchair accessible and stairs. Uh, is that a good idea or should you stick to the more tried and true, more standardized uh, iconography? I think you're going to have better luck with people being able to navigate your layout if you stick with more traditional iconography. There's a time and a place for really getting creative and, and coming up with new and great icons. But when you're trying to have someone navigate through your signage, I don't think it's really the time for it. We, we Again, as we come to expect certain things are interactive, we come to expect certain icons mean certain things. Much like the little floppy disk button save icon. We know that means save, even though floppy disks haven't been used in years and years and years and years. That symbol has come to mean save very much the same way that we know the very classic wheelchair symbol means wheelchair accessible or handicap accessible. So again, a place for and time for creativity and a place and a time just kind of stick with the status quo. Now, some interactive designs I've seen are, are quite well thought out and quite modern. And I've also seen some that actually have like, they're kind of almost like a mouse. There's a little mouse arrow. When you touch on the screen, the little arrow goes there. You can drag it around. And so they're basically just substituting your finger for the mouse. Is that a, a good idea or is that just an unnecessary step, an unnecessary design element? I think, honestly, that's really just a matter of preference. I can see an argument for, oh, it reinforces where you've last touched or where your finger is. And I can also see the argument for, no, that's really just cluttering up space. So I think it, it purely comes down to preference on that. Okay, so I've used, uh, let's say, an interactive screen at a kiosk, and I walk away. What happens then? I mean, should you design in some kind of a system so that it resets after a certain amount of time? Because most people won't do that. Most people won't go, and now let me reset it for the next user. They'll just walk off once they have what they want. Fortunately, it's very easy within our software to set up a timeout where you can say, if this screen has not been interacted with in five minutes, revert to the home screen. So that's very easy to set up. And it's really very helpful because you don't want the next person who comes up to that screen to say, why am I on third floor directory? I just want to see it. where do I go to go back? So you really, it's kind of like putting the shopping cart back in the corral when you're done. You want to make sure that you reset to go back to your main primary slide so that it's fresh and ready to go for your next user. 
And do you think five minutes is a, is a good time? Because it also occurs to me, you don't want it to be five seconds because I might be still using the screen and maybe I just need to look at like, well, how did you spell that guy's name? And then the darn thing resets on me and now I have to do it all over again. That would also be frustrating. Yes, I would say five minutes would be on the longer end. I would say a minimum time, maybe 30 seconds, which is, you know, that's a decent amount of time. So anywhere between, I guess, 30 seconds and probably three minutes maybe would be the high end of the cap because most people, I don't think, spend five minutes standing in front of an interactive display. It's like you said, they're usually kind of in a hurry. They know what they want to find. They find the information and they move on. So just consider, and again, that's why testing is important. You want to see how long do people stand at your display and how much information is there to keep them engaged with it. So testing, testing, testing to figure out those kinds of things. Sure. And then deciding what success is. Uh, are you aiming for, gosh, we, we hope people linger there for a long time or is it the opposite? Is it, wow, we want people to be there as short a time as possible or, or whatever? Exactly. And there's scenarios for both cases. So it really is down to what are you looking to achieve with your digital signage? Like we said, it's a great way to really embed, you know, like those Russian dolls, information with inside information with inside information. And so you can you can actually have a pretty dense offering with just a small amount of physical real estate being utilized. Yes, you can have many, many, many slides and you can fit many, many, many pages of information into the same layout. So the technology and the abilities we have now make it to where you can really create something very complex or you can create something fairly simple with just a few pages in it just to get the information across and have people move on their way. Sure. But if it is complex, it shouldn't feel complex to the user. It should feel like it was simple. Right. It should feel natural and it should almost slip to the background that they're not even aware they're interacting because your content is so great. They're more concerned on getting to the next page of content so they can see more of it and less about, okay, where's my button again? So what are some uh, what are some boo-boos you've seen people make? Again, I would I would say not being consistent in either the overall design and putting in just slides that either don't really go together visually or just don't match the rest of the theme. You can have say you've got five slides that are all kind of cohesive and then you throw in a sixth one and it's just been kind of tossed in because hey, we need to put this information out there, but we don't have time to really clean it up. It's going to be really obvious when you get to that slide that, oh, this was put in there last minute. Paying attention to how things fit together um, as a whole and as an entire theme rather than how does this one slide look in and of itself. And I will say it again and again and again, testing, because you pick up on these things either when you test it, when someone else tests it, or after you've gone and gotten that cup of coffee and you see it 15 minutes later, you say, wait, that doesn't look right. So it's really important to have a good preview before it goes live to your users. And you may even get feedback from your users themselves and say, hey, you know, this map slide is really hard to read. The text is really thin and I just I can't see anything. So take that to heart as well if you do get feedback from your users because they're the ones with the most important opinion as far as that goes. Yeah, that's for sure. And I think resolution is is important. I mean, we've talked about this with static digital signage. You know, you throw up a, a, a photo 
but it's the wrong resolution for the display, and so then it's all scrunched or, or stretched or whatever. I'd say it's even more important, especially if you're doing something like a directory or Wayfinder or something. Like It needs to be high-resolution, crisp, clean stuff. You don't want to have like, oh, I took a you know 610 by 820 JPEG of the floor plan, and then I blew it up to the, the interactive screen and now it's all fuzzy and pixelated and blurry and impossible to read. Right, because then it's not really doing its job. It's not getting the information across to your users that they really need to know. And if they really need to know where the fourth floor bathroom is and they can't see it on that map, you might have a bad time. Yeah. No, seriously, where is the fourth floor bathroom, damn it? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's just good practice. You need to get the information across, and it reflects poorly on you as an organization. If you don't have nice, clean, crisp imagery, it kind of looks either lazy or maybe just, yeah, I don't want to say incompetent, but it just looks like, oh, gosh, they really couldn't have found a clearer picture. Right. You don't want your uh, your interface to make the uh, the target audience go, who the heck designed this? Right. If you need help with your designs, we are always happy with the creative team to help you out with that. And I am a designer. We have other designers as well. And we are happy to lend our expertise to you. Now, when you're, you're talking about testing, does that mean that you have to actually go stick it out there on the maybe after hours or something on the interactive screen and then go play with it? Or can you do it from your computer where you're creating the content? Or uh, how does that work? Yes, you can absolutely do it. You can do it on your computer as you're designing within Access TV Design. If you have the ability and the time to put it up on the final display where it will actually be located, that's always amazing because that's going to give you a different experience than just testing it with your mouse on your computer. You know, your your computer monitor may not be the same resolution, the same type of display. It may not have the same kind of backlighting. There's all kinds of different issues that don't translate between the two. So if you have the ability to test it on the final display, absolutely do that. If not, you can test it as you're working on it or after you've completed it on your computer within Access TV Design. So while it may seem daunting initially to design interactive screen layouts, it's actually not that hard. And when you have uh, clever tools that have uh, been designed specifically to make this an easier process, like <coughs> Access TV signage suite stuff, then uh, it even becomes even easier. And let's face it, I think the future is interactive. Uh, I think in another 10 years, there'll never be a non-interactive screen, maybe some gas station in the desert someplace, but that's going to be really the only place that you're going to find screens that you can't interact with in some way. And then when we add things like voice recognizer interfaces and VUI, then that adds like a whole new level to the user experience. Well, interesting stuff, and I'd like to thank Melissa Sarton, creative content artist for Visix, for talking to me today about good interactive screen layouts. Thanks, Melissa. Interesting. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. And uh, don't forget, you can find a transcript of this episode on the Visix.com website. Click Resources, Podcasts, and then this episode. Hey, want more free stuff? Then head to the resources section of physics.com for free masterclass guides, blogs, videos, and more to help you with your digital signs. 
Please share, subscribe, and leave a review of this episode and connect with us on social media. 